You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 423. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, he's Alex. Welcome back, Tricky. Did you enjoy your week off? I know what you came back for. I... You came to hear about my newest platinum. You hear, You came back to hear me crow about my newest platinum. Boy, howdy. You know what? You, you know I'm very, very proud of you. I, I honestly didn't think you were ever going to get it, and I'm, I'm extremely proud of you. But you you do want to say that I had to give you the shit on the Facebook page. I get it, but you do understand it's a very difficult platinum, right? I do, and I have much respect for you. Just so when I get it, I expect the same respect. Oh, you're never going to buy that game, it. and you know it. Okay. You're too busy. You're busy, on- too busy. You're playing Japanese visual novels. You ain't have time for it. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. Hi everybody. I haven't actually. I haven't played the Japanese visual novel in two months, three months. Holy cow! Are you what have you done with Tricky? Well, I was only playing them to max out the Sony rewards. Uh huh. So. Uh, so. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, I did take the week off. I did listen to the show last week. Uh, so and it was amazing, thank you guys for holding up. wasn't it? I don't know about that now. Well, uh, but I but I do appreciate you guys holding down the fort. Uh, we got some news this week, man. Like, uh, people, we got hacks to find out that uh, villains were flipping you off behind your back. We got a new TV show that's replacing a movie. I mean, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, this week, I don't think the hack thing is really news, that. but I know it's about your favorite game ever. No, my favorite game ever is The Last of Us. Uh, so, let's get into our updated trophy count. I am level 55, total trophies of 12,954, with a plat count of 238. Uh, you guys didn't give me credit for my new platinum, so I was very upset with well, that. Well, we assumed it was Japanese visual novels, so... Yeah. It was It was not. Actually, I don't even think I got platinums last week. And, and we figured that when you came back, you would gloat about it. Uh, actually, I... I you know what? I probably just give you guys shit, and I uh, probably didn't even get the platinums. Uh, no, that was two weeks ago. I apologize. <laughs> uh huh. Alice, what are your trophies, sir? I am <coughs> level thirty-one with a total trophy count of six thousand nine hundred and twenty-six. Is that updated? Yes. Yes. Nine hundred twenty-six with one hundred three platinums in a hundred and two games. Okay, we alluded to it. But I think everybody knows what it is by now because you were bragging over Facebook. But what was your new platinum? I also sir? boasted in uh, the Platinum Guild as well on the PlayStation Network. Woo! Oh, who cares? I was trying to that? decide whether to save it for the show as a complete surprise or post about it on Facebook. And I decided to crap no, about it on Facebook because no. I just couldn't post, contain it. Post it. But uh, yeah, my latest Platinum is in Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. The Game Awards 2019 Sports and Racing Game of the Year. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. I uh, went back. You know, I, if you listen to the show this far back, I uh, which seems like years ago, 
after I beat the Entropy time trials, I swore that I was never going to do the Oxide time trials, and little by little, I whittled them down, and even after all the trouble I had on Oxide Station the first time around, I whipped Oxide on his own turf on the first go. So I dusted Oxide, I got the final two trophies, and I earned my Platinum and crashed Team Racing Nitro Fueled, so... No, very. I, I like I said. I made your props to that. I know you said you weren't gonna get it, but I'm glad to see that you actually put the work in and actually got it done. I I never thought I would get it. To be honest, I didn't think I could beat the time trials. Now they've released even harder time trials via the uh, the Emperor Velo ones, and then they're releasing the developer time trials. Uh, and I can assure you that I'm definitely not going for those. But with the uh, by beating Oxide, I get a new skin for Entropy. This really cool digital skin, and of course, Iron the Platinum. You know, they've got new decals out for the new speed runs, but I don't need those. I got everything I want, so I'm good. All right. Yield your trophy, sir. Well, there I got some platinums, some golds, some bronze, a few silvers. You know, I'm going to fire you from the show one day. <laughs> and I'm going to find a different way to annoy you every week. Level 28 with a trophy count of 5985. Five? Did I update I, I update. Yeah, I updated all the trophies. Well, you did, but then, yes, 8-5. Well, I got one while we were debating about if we were starting at 7 or 8. So, trophy count of 5-9-8-5 with a platinum count of 94. Right. Sorry, I got to mute my phone. I'm actually watching the pay-per-view to my right. I'm going to hit the volume down on my button. It actually lowered the volume on the Chromecast. Instead of deleting the, uh, or lowering the volume on my phone. All right, and Sid is level 40, total trophies of 9,527 with 171 Platinums. Uh, so let's get into what we're playing. Uh, Yield, let's start with you, sir. So I uh, finished out the World of Warship Legends campaign this week and got myself a nice new ship. And I've been playing a lot of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order this weekend. All right. Uh Alex? Well, you were gabbing it up about, about um, Fallen Order before the beginning of the show, Yield. You, you're not going to tell our listeners about that? So, I, I, I finished the campaign, which was really funny, because right before I finished the campaign, I was like, you know, I don't think I'm there yet. Although it feels like I'm there, I don't think I'm there, because I've only got, like, 49%, 48% of the trophies. And then I finished the game, and I got to 50%, and I'm like, wow, so what I'm missing... Is, is some pretty big trophies. So I spent a lot of the day, well, sorry, I finished it earlier today, and I spent the rest of the day starting off going back to each planet and trying to find all the chests, all the secrets, and uh, all the scannables, and 100% the planet fell out all the, fell out all the map. So, and it, it's kind of a pain in the butt only because once you get back into a planet and then you get going and you get into it and then you're like well now how do I get back out because a lot of the map crisscrosses because you know you come this way to to be able to get there and then when you come back you come back a different way and it's really easy to get yourself zigging when you should have zagged so but other than that story's phenomenal Combat gets really good once you get your guy ranked up, at least for me it was. So, yeah. I recommend it. Star Wars fans, I recommend it. And on this Star Wars subject, we went to the Louisville Arcade Expo here in town this weekend, and we got to meet Fluke Skywalker. 
I shit you not, it was a dude who literally looked like Mark Hamill from the uh, from the new movies, from the Disney Star Wars movies, dead up like him. Awesome. All right, Alex, what have you been playing, sir? Well, I obviously earned my Platinum Trophy in Crash Team Racing, and I'm continuing to play the Goss- Grass Moxia Grand Prix. Other than that, my usual. I, like I said, I'm not really going to buy anything until uh, Last of Us Part Two comes out, as well as another big release that we have the news on in this episode. Stay tuned for that. How do you like that hype, Tricky? I'm actually surprised. I, I, I'm actually surprised you never went and bought Spider-Man. I know it's an Insomniac game, and I know it's really good. I'm just not a huge Spider-Man fan. I, I bought the, the the PlayStation version of Spider-Man back in the day on the original PS1, and I liked it. I like collecting the comic books. I like the boss fights. I like how they introduced a lot of the characters. Obviously, that game is not as technically sound as this one, so I'm sure that I would like this one. I don't know. I've just been so focused on, you know, playing Pokemon and, and playing Crash Team Racing. I've kind of got... Well, also, there was some Luigi's Mansion thrown in there as well, but... I've been focused on those games and gotten so much value out of those games, I don't feel like I need to play Spider-Man. It's kind of like God of War, where it's like, eventually one day I'll probably decide to pick it up when it's on sale for a really good price, but it's, because I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan, like, I love the X-Men, they're my favorite group in, in, like, part of Marvel, but, you know, Spider-Man by himself doesn't really draw me in, even though, yeah, he does have really good villains, kind of like Batman. Batman by himself doesn't draw me in, but the villains... That's kind of what brings me to the show. I just haven't really felt the urge to buy Spider-Man, despite the fact that it's a really good game. And, and what about the Tomb Raider games? You never played those either. The Tomb Raiders? Yeah. Well, I bought the, the reboot on Steam, and I just never finished it. I played, like, a couple hours of it, and I just never went back to it. I I, have, I don't play on Steam on my laptop hardly ever. I haven't played in years. So, like, I had a Steam account, and I played a lot of games on there at one point, but I just... That's one of those games I picked up and just started and just, didn't, just never went back to. All right. Uh, and, uh, the new expansion for the Division that came out, uh, Warlords of New York, uh, I really like it, went back, uh, basically completed everything with, uh, to do with New York already, but, uh, Tuesday, uh, well, the day, be- the day before you're here in this show, uh, they're gonna start their seasons in which it's, uh, the seasons are gonna run three months, and every week there's gonna be new challenges. It's gonna be either a manhunt or a global event, stuff like that. I'm really looking for all t- forward to all that because that the intrigue on that. And I have to give major, major props to Massive and uh, Red Storm. Uh, as everybody, well, I don't know if everybody knows, I live in Staten Island, New York, and one of the major ways to get to Staten Island from Manhattan is the Staten Island Ferry. The amount of detail they put into the front of the Staten Island Ferry and actually uh, the boat um, was so impressive. Like, I, I felt like I was literally standing there. Uh, like, I, I'm so amazed at the detail. Uh, they reconstructed the Lower East Side of Manhattan, basically where I work as well, uh, one for one scale. So as I'm running down the street... Um, even though it's a little uh, apocalyptic and, you know, there's grass all over the place and, you know, you see things that should not be there. Uh, I'm running down the streets and I can actually tell you exactly where I am uh, just by, you know, the, the way the buildings are laid out. It's, it's so surreal, like, how much detail they put in. It's so accurate. And this, this I found the funniest thing. Um, you guys ever heard of the, the Chinese restaurant Wuhop's? No. Okay. It's a world-famous Chinese restaurant. Like, 
tons of celebrities have eaten there. It's like a it's like a rite of passage. Like you come to Lower East Side of Manhattan, you have to eat at Wohops. It's like one of those things. Um, but they actually started construction right down the street in this section of Manhattan where uh, and I'm going to mention street names and you know unless you're in New York you're not really going to know what I'm talking about but where Mott Street East Broadway um, Worst Street and the police barricade they all meet it's like five corners they just started uh, uh, construction on Worst Street that construction is in the game and they literally only started that construction like two weeks ago but it's Awesome. That, but and it's and it's weird because the actual like the it, it looks exactly like that corner. It's so weird, and I was like, I have to give major props to them. Uh, the other thing I played is I played a little bit of Rock Band. I I don't mean the yield have been lacking on the last couple of weeks. I fire. Oh, I did. I did fire it up. Wednesday, but the season was over, so I couldn't contribute anything. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll wait till next week. Wednesday, as I told Homer, Wednesday is the one day of the week that uh, there's never going to be a challenge on because it ends at midnight on Tuesday, Tuesday going into Wednesday. It doesn't start back up until 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. So So I could fire it back up now. Well, there's no, no challenge going on right now. Not for another six days, I don't think. Uh, but other than that, I really haven't played anything. I did finish off um, uh, Arkham Knight, uh, but that was last week. So I got some points in the legit side quest and added some points onto the backlog beatdown, too. All right. So you remember uh, a couple episodes? Well, not a couple episodes. A long time ago in one of the shows, we talked about how Nintendo and PlayStation were collaborating on a console, and it finally popped up, and, you know, everybody was impressed with it. Yes. Well, well, the the person that had it put it up for auction and it sold for three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's nice. Uh, you can go on to any website and look at it. It's basically uh, it it kind of looks like a, a a Super Nintendo uh that's branded with Sony's name all over it. It's got the Super NES controller. It's got the Super Nintendo c- cartridges. Uh, looks like it even has the disk drive. It's pretty cool. Uh, it was sold at he- Heritage Auctions. And there's still a bunch of numbers to find out who exactly bought it. But it is believed the CEO of Oculus. Or excuse me, the Oculus founder is the one that uh, purchased it. But that hasn't been confirmed yet. So... That bit of news is there. Uh, that's that's a ludicrous amount of money to spend on a video game console. Well, for the fact that you could literally find buy all of those consoles today for like a much lower price, like go to eBay or Amazon or wherever, and you could find them. Like I like the show that we went to Louisville Arcade Expo had like original NESs and had Sega Saturns on sale and Dreamcast. Like to just spend that amount of money, like. This person just must like be just like wiping themselves clean after a shower with dollar bills because that are like tens well, or twenties or thir- like fifties. Well, this, because that's insane. Well, this is the one console in existence. Like, there's no other ones, and it's a it's a part of history as well too. Like, what what it's tricky. Uh, it's it's a third. It's it's more than a third of a million dollars. I just for a video game console. Look, I'm not justifying paying the how much it went for. I'm saying if I had that kind of money and could spend. 
$360,000. Yeah, I'd like that piece of history. To say that's mine. All right. Yield, or yield. Alex, this is the bit of news you were alluding to. Announced on the PlayStation blog, Sucker Punch's new game got a new story trailer and details and a special collector's and digital deluxe versions of the game. And it will be released on June 26th. Woo woo! Now, here's my... Wait, did you announce the game? Oh, I said Sucker Punch is new game. Yeah, it's Ghost of Tsushima. I said Sucker Punch is new game. I never actually said the name of the game. Nope, no you didn't. Uh, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is getting coming out June 26th and will have a special collector's and digital deluxe versions of the game. The standard edition is going to be the $60. Special edition is $80. Digital deluxe is also $80. And the collector's edition is a whopping $170. There's a $70 version where you get a steel case. Okay, that's not listed here. But, okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, let me look at this picture and tell you what you're going to get in the collector's edition. You're going to get a steel book, cloth map, uh, a war banner. I'm not trying to pronounce all the... Uh, Japanese names. Uh, a wrapping cloth, a 48-page uh, art book, a mask. I don't know how to say that name. S-A-K-A-I. Sakai? Probably. Okay. Uh, you're going to get a PlayStation 4 dynamic theme. You're going to get a skin set, in-game items, and the director's commentary. That's what's coming in the collector's edition. The dynamic theme is the best part of that collector's edition. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the, the hundred cent collector's edition was I was not thrilled with. In the special edition, you're gonna get the steel book, the art book, director's commentary, and uh, skin set. Uh, digital deluxe edition, you're gonna get the art book, the theme, the skin set, and the in-game items and the director's commentary. So that's what you're gonna get. Uh, uh, I want to make a comment that my last comment about the um, the um, dynamic theme, that dynamic theme is actually really sweet. So it's not me so much me shitting on the collector's edition. It's more so I really like that dynamic theme. Well, I'm sure that's going to be sold separately too. Uh, Good. So hold on. Let us get to the moment that everyone has been waiting for. Tricky. How many versions of the collector's edition are you purchasing? Zero. What? You're not buying the collector's edition on this game. I'm not buying the game at all. What? You're not buying this game at all. Mr. PlayStation himself. I am not buying this game at all. He's not buying Ghost of Tsushima. I, I, as I said in uh, on Facebook in one of the posts, I'm not sure which group, this game just does, has not done enough to impress me. What? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not saying I won't play it. I'm just saying... It's. I just don't feel a desire to buy it. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. Wait, is it just a lack of information, Tricky? Like, do you want to see more gameplay? Is that what it is? Well, more gameplay? I, I think more gameplay. Because what, what we've seen is short to the point, and I get it. But I, I just... I've never been intrigued with the whole Japanese samurai aspect of, you know, history and culture and stuff like that. I mean, I I love Sucker Punch. You you, you guys know that, but it, it, this game just doesn't have enough to you know to reel me in. I I think it's gonna be a fantastic game, just not for me. 
Well, maybe they're uh, relying on mystery, a bit of mystery to to stir up the hype for the game. Well, that's very possible. Or maybe they're just going to throw into overdrive once they uh, they get The Last of Us Part 2 out the door. Or it Last of Us Part 2 goes gold. Right, very possible. I like how they waited till now to tell you that the game's coming out at the end of June. Far... Far too, far too often, and, and, and I'm as much to blame as anybody else, we want to know when the game's coming out as, as soon as we can. And, and I kind of like this, because this, this is a highly anticipated game, and all of a sudden, we're, what a, so, April, March, April, May, four months out. Three months. Three, three, four months out, and all of a sudden, they're like, hey, that's when you're going to get to play the game. You know, instead of telling us a year out, this is when you're going to get to play it. It's almost here. I like this. I honestly I think that Sucker Punch or that uh, Sony has done a good job f- making this game feel like a huge game, but I also feel like a lot of the reason it feels like a huge game is because it's coming from Sucker Punch and just how good the game looks. And uh, so I think that the general concept and the theme behind the game is, is drawing people in and the fact that Sucker Punch is also as well. But I also think that a lot of the merit isn't actually based on the game itself. I think it's mostly based on the pedigree that Sony and Sucker Punch have. So I can understand why Tricky might be a little apprehensive. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, I like the concept, but they haven't done... They've get, done a good job of making this feel like a big game, but not actually showing us why it's a big game. Like I said... Would you agree with that, Tricky? Yeah, like I said, I'm not saying it's going to be a bad game. I'm just saying it hasn't hooked me. That's... Very simply, it's, I, that's all it is. It just has not hooked me. But you know, when the re- when the reviews come out and I watch gameplay videos, yeah, I might be one of the ones trying to find uh, the collector's edition on eBay. All right, the next bit of news. Yield. I know you're uh, you're not really going to understand this at the point, no. but well, I mean, you you'll get it, but you yeah. Not, uh, yeah, Understand. I'm not gonna get the re- yeah, I'm not gonna get the references. Uh, God of War hack reveals villain is flipping you off behind your back, which How is kind of it. It that's kind of misleading. What what, what uh, a villain thing to do? All right, so if anybody has played God of War, uh, a little bit of a spoiler. In basically the beginning of the game, uh, the stranger comes and finds you, and you have this big big epic fight, which. Uh, me and Alex disagree with about, you know, how great the fight was. But the point is, at the end of the fight, you snap the stranger's neck and you roll him off a cliff. And that's what you see in the game. Uh, one of the hackers found out that if you actually find, follow the stranger's body as he falls off the cliff and rolls down, he is flipping you the double bird as he's falling down. Because... Uh, as I the spoiler is, we find out that the stranger is actually Boulder, who cannot be killed. So you snap his neck and you think he's dead. And he rolls off the cliff, but you know, as it turns out, he's still alive. And as he's falling, he's flipping you the double bird. I find this hysterical, considering that if you know who Boulder is in the game, the, this character, that that's totally on point for what he does. But the fact that we they put this in the game, but you never actually see it, and it took a hacker to find this. I I I find this hysterical. What about you, Alex? 
Well, all I gotta say is, if Balder didn't want to get his ass whipped, then he shouldn't have started the fucking fight. And guess what happened, Tricky? All his fucking powers, all his fucking swagger, all his fucking problems, he got his ass whipped. Fucking whipped. <laughs> That's what I have to say about Balder. He's a bitch. I, I, I really like Balder. If I could find a statue of Balder, it would be added to my wall. Alright, so... We have one more story, which is kind of like nine parts, uh, before we go into a topic of the week. Uh, I found this article on IGN. It says nine sequels that would make the PlayStation 5 a force to be reckoned with. And this is written by Jonathan Dornbush. So uh, some of these games, obviously, we're not going to have too much to talk about uh, because we didn't play the first one. But, you know, we'll go through the, the nine games. The first one on the list is Bloodborne 2. Didn't play now, Alex, you, Alex, you did play Bloodborne and got the platinum in the game. I, I, I was, I was about like you were just starting out with playing. I said, no, give me my credit. I earned the platinum in that game, and I beat all the bosses in the DLC. Okay, so some of which are ranked harder than the bosses in the actual base game. Okay, so uh, based on your gameplay, I, I know you don't like the you know stick your nuts in the vice get type games, but are you looking forward to a Bloodborne too? I don't necessarily. Th I don't know if I would say that I am looking forward to Bloodborne Two because I think I got it while it was a PS Plus free game Correct. for the month. I enjoyed aspects of that game. I, I hate the like. I hated having to farm for XP and and like stay in certain areas of old yarn or of Yarnum in order to get strong enough to fight the end of the boss. So like, I feel like. It, by the time I get to a boss, after working through a section, getting through all the puzzles, all the enemies, all that, I should be able to face off against that boss and have a chance. For me to have to stay in a one area of Yarnum, Central Yarnum, or wherever it is, and just grind XP just to get strong enough to fight an enemy, I hated that aspect of it. The The lore in Bloodborne is really interesting. It, uh, the Gothic arch architecture is amazing. The bosses themselves look really fucking cool, and like any of the From, from Software games, they're pretty horrifying. So there's a lot of variety with the bosses. So I do like the bosses. I just don't like the gameplay mechanics that are in From Software games. They're not fun to me. It's like beating your head against a wall. So while I may not be looking forward to Bloodborne 2, I do think that that would be a game that would would help sell PS5s. I think that would be a big notch on Sony's belt. Sony could look at their, you know, could put that on the main stage at E3 or whatever conference they're at and be like, yeah, this is going to be a game that helps us steal the show. Because a lot of people would buy Bloodborne 2. All right, let's go on to our second game in the list. Yield this, and and let's point out that from Software's game uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice won the Game of Awards Game of the Year last year. So obviously that name from Software and their games carry a lot of weight. All right, uh, Yield. This is going to apply to me and you. Yes. Days Gone Two. You know. Yes and no. Yes, okay. yes, it could be a force to be reckoned with because by the end, like was said in the Facebook group when somebody was asking about whether they should get Days Gone, by the end of Days Gone, the story was a lot better than where it was heading or where it seemed it was heading. Okay. But I just don't know where you can you can go with the story next. So 
Well, we kind of know where the story's going to go next based on the reveal at the end of the first one. Yeah, but can you really make a game? Well, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's one of those games that I don't really feel it needs a sequel. All right, so, I mean, I guess I know the answer to this question already, but would you rather they work on Days Gone 2 or a new launch siphon filter? I would want a new launch siphon filter. I kind of knew that answer. Right? Yeah, everybody knows that answer. You shouldn't have even asked. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking for Days Gone 2. I mean, uh, like you, I don't know exactly where the story would go, but yes, I think the game was uh, very good at w- for what it was. I mean, I for a new IP, I think it did fantastic. Uh, I did like the, the uh, Sons of Anarchy slash Last of Us feel to it. If I can, if those two kind of like meld together, but that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I'm. I I I do what Days Gone too. No, I I buy it. I just I, I like I said, I don't know where we would go. But. All right, this next game is uh, for me and Alex, God of War two. It's coming. Uh, we know it's coming. Whether you want it or not, it's coming. <laughs> we know it's coming. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much, you know, I, I had high regard for the game. Alex wasn't too as, as impressed, but he still, you know, enjoyed it. Got the platinum. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I I, I, I think they've set up a three-story arc. I, I think, like with the first God, series of God of War games, uh, well, by that I mean God of War, God of War 2, and God of War 3, like I, I, I put those all together. I, I kind of bubble them all together, and I think that they've done that now. And I think they go go through Norse mythology, and you know, I, I think that the next enemy is then the next game is Thor is the next big enemy, and then of course you've got Odin, who's probably the big bad, the Zeus of this story arc in God of War's timeline. Would you, would you argue against that, Tricky? I, actually, I, I think personally, I think you have it backwards. I think Odin is going to be the big baddie. In two, and then we're gonna face Thor the third one. Uh, and I only say that because, uh, you know, again, spoiler: the end of God of War, Thor shows up because you killed his sons. So I think that ultimately, you know, the second game is going to allude to the fight to Thor, and then the third game we're actually going to fight Thor. So that's the only other than that's the only thing I disagree with you. I just think. You flip the bosses for the games, and I, you know, I'm pretty much on par with you. Yeah, but like Odin, I mean, he's he's all father. Like he is billed as the big bad, and him being you know Thor's father, I I don't know. Like I think that they've built it up to where I mean they could always you know like like flip it like you said and build to Thor in the third game, I guess. But for me, it just makes like kind of like a family tree. It just kind of makes sense. With how they've built up Odin with the ravens and his his sight everywhere, and just everything being built built around his power, like I don't know, I just kind of feel like that's the natural flow to go to Thor and then to Odin. I I, I wouldn't because you would think with what happened with Thor's sons being killed that he would want to go after after Kratos next. He's like, you killed my kids, I'm fucking coming after you, and no one else get the shot before me. Well, I like I said, I don't disagree with that, but. I just think Thor is going to wind up being the big baddie, especially with the reveal that we did get uh, that I don't want to spoil. Um, I think that's going to be a major part because by the time we get to the third game, 
uh, I see. I'm I'm trying to censor the way I say this because I I don't want to spoil anything. All right, I'm gonna say this and hope you understand what I'm saying, Alex. I think by the time we get to the third game, enough time has passed where a certain part of the story will mature. Yeah, I get what you're hitting at. So I think that's why I'm leading up to Thor being the baddie for the third game because it will give us enough time for that story to mature. Okay, I mean, I see, I see what you're hinting at there. I don't know, like, I just... I guess I've kind of always, like, looked past Thor to Odin, and maybe with what you're saying what you're hinting at, I'm not looking at, a like, a deeper seed that's been planted that can potentially sprout and blossom into something different than kind of what, like, has been telegraphed. Right. Maybe, maybe I'm too... Maybe I'm guilty of, of them dangling a carrot, and I'm just so focused on that carrot, it's like smoke and mirrors, like a magician, that I can't see the handwork that's actually being done in the background. Okay. All right, next game on the list affects all three of us. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2. We know this is coming. We know this is coming, but is this a possibly a launch title? Well, no. Well, no, because the system... It's coming. Well, I mean, I guess if they, <laughs> I guess if they drop, I guess if they drop, I don't think so. And uh, it wouldn't shock me, but I'm gonna say no because you would have to when you announce the release date, announce the game at the same time. Now they could be saving that in that back pocket, and that could happen. Now, if the system gets pushed because of all this plague from the heavens that are descending upon us all. And it gets pushed. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even put that in the agenda. If, but apparently, there's a rumor that the PlayStation Five is going to get delayed yeah, due I've, to the coronavirus. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that floating around, and I, I haven't clicked on it. But so if that gets pushed, then it's more a reality. I'm going to say it, it's not going to be a launch title this year. It'll. It may fall in the launchish window, but it's not coming out the same day as the system. But. This is one of the nine games of Force to be reckoned with. I, I totally agree with this. Alex, your impressions? Well, I mean, I think that I, you know, this is one of those games where it's been far enough away from its predecessor that I can get excited about it again and say, yes, I'm going to buy this on day one because I really enjoy this universe and this protagonist and the story that they've created. We kind of know where it's going because it basically, the end of Horizon Zero Dawn slapped us in the face and said, Okay, this is the enemy. So, I mean, I think we know where it's going, and this would be a huge game. I mean, more credit to Guerrilla Games because, you know, everyone's so used to them making uh, Killzone games, and no no shit, not to shit on Killzone, but it's not a mainline PS, like, PlayStation game. It's not a game like Uncharted or The Last of Us or God of War that's going to draw as many eyes. Like, it's a niche game it's a shooter and it's not a shooter that everyone who plays shooters is going to want to play not like something like call of duty or something like that or even halo to be honest they always the reason killzone got so many eyes on it was because of how good it looked on that ps3 demo how good killzone 3 looked and it still looked good but let's be honest it didn't look as good as they first showed us but no i i think that horizon zero dawn was proof that guerrilla games belongs in the conversation with naughty dog and sucker punch and insomniac and all these great sony studios and I think that Horizon Zero Dawn 2, when it comes out, will be a huge hit for them. And I think that it's not coming out at launch, 
because you know they've got um, I can't remember the name of the launch exclusive they have, but um, with so many big names, Sony titles coming out this year, The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, I think they're going to wait until next year and release it next year. And it, it must be nice to be Sony to kind of have this like cheeky little grin and like kind of like their hand in their pockets. Like, yes, we have an ace up our sleeve and you won't see it until we've got these other games out. Because obviously they don't want to show Horizon off until these other games have had their day in the sun because you don't want to, you know, take the you, they, they want everything to be focused on Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part 2 and we won't hear anything about Horizon 2 until those two games are out uh, I have to wonder so the next big is Tokyo Game Show in August uh, let me look because they very may well have picked the release date for Ghost of Tsushima based on when they want to reveal Horizon Zero Dawn 2 uh is this Tokyo Game Show? It just just says mid September. Okay, I you know the release date for Goshishima is a little close to The Last of Us because Last of Us comes out in May, correct? May 29th. Yeah, May. They're basically a month apart. That is, I mean, Nintendo did Luigi's Mansion three and Pokemon within a month of each other, like two weeks of each other last year, in fact. But I think that they are trying to get these two games out the door, so. During the summer or in the fall, they can reveal footage for the for Horizon Zero Dawn two, and they want these games to be out and to be in people's hands for a little while before they do that. All right, uh, just you bring up TGS. Just so you know, nothing's confirmed at this point, but there's a good chance that TGS is actually being delayed or and or canceled due to the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like yes, that's obviously a concern, but. That's if it is in September, we're in March. That's six months away. So let's see where we are at that point. You know, oh, I'm just I'm say that's why it says mid September, and there was a notice at the bottom saying as a preventive measure against the spread of coronavirus, many events may be canceled. See updates here. It says always check official sites before heading to an event, and that's why it says mid November or mid September. So, just putting it out there. All right, so. Obviously, you know, I'm hyped for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I honestly think it's going to be a launch title. Um, so I kind of agree with the fact that they don't want to mention this. And I think that uh, we're probably going to, now that we're so close to uh, Cyberpunk, we're Final Fantasy, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2, I think we're going to get an announcement after that. But. Even as I say that, I think if they even if they wait until after, after uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is June 26th, I think that's a little late to be announcing the console that everybody thinks is either coming late October, early November. So, I, I don't know. I, I I think that Horizon. I I honestly believe this is going to be a launch title, and I think this is going to be announced at the uh, the PlayStation 5 reveal event. I don't know if waiting until July is going to be the smarter choice, so I don't know. Yeah. But all right. Uh, next one. This one affects all three of us. An infamous sequel. I I love like, listeners. I gotta. I I love recording with Yield because every so often, you just get that where he. Knows what he wants to say, but he doesn't know how to word it. Yeah. You and know, you hear the... 
So, I want to say yes, but I just don't see it happening. Because you've got Ghost of Tsushima coming out. Uh, everybody loved Spider-Man. I, I just think that if, it, if there is an infamous sequel, it won't be until late in the PS5's life cycle. I'll agree with that because you're likely to see Spider-Man 2 and Ratchet and Clank, the next Ratchet and Clank game, before you see another infamous yeah, game. Yeah, because... And the last infamous game we saw, Second Son, was on PS4. Granted, it was towards the beginning of the life cycle. It was. Or it was, you know, like three years so, ago. Three or four years ago. But I would say that Ratchet is due, and of course, they're going to bank more on that Spider-Man money. So I say, I think Infamous skips a generation. And I wouldn't be surprised with that either, because you've got, like I said, you got Spider-Man. If Ghost of Tsushima takes off the way that it seems, you could get another game on the heels of that. I think Infamous will be late PS5, if not 6. Alright. The next game, I don't know who this affects. Me. (laughs) The Order 1887. Obviously, you know, that's not an official name. That's just the, the sequel... Uh, that they're calling, but absolutely, the Order eighteen eighty six sequel. Absolutely, where where is the sequel at? Uh, okay, I not a lot of people liked it. A lot of there was a lot of criticism about the game. I liked it. You liked it. I, I enjoyed it. My my, my you, only criticism was it was a short game. Other than that, well, and they made a big deal about the main. Uh, uh, Characters that you're fighting that you didn't fight them a lot. I agree with that complaint, but still, I think it built to the holy crap, I gotta fight one of these. It, it, it made it seem more uh oh. And I I love the game. I, I just wish it was a little bit longer and I want a sequel. And they set it up for a sequel. Well, to be fair, this was Ready at Dawn's first console game. That I think they did. Because they were originally... I, I'm looking on their website right now. Uh, they, the Order 1886, God of War Origins Collection, God of War, Ghost of Sparta, Okami, which I think they just re-ported, uh, right? Which Alex loves. Uh, God of War, Change of Olympus, and Daxter, uh, which I think was a port. But I think... This I, I if I okay and then they had four games after that Echo Combat Echo Arena Lone Echo and Deformers uh, they really got Echo crazy, uh, but Echo. this was their first console game so a lot of, that that's part of the reason why a lot of people the game think a lot of people think the game was so short is because they wanted to get their feet underneath them on consoles before they went into a big uh, story so. Yeah, I, I'm. Looking for I mean, the game looked really good. The gameplay was fun. I, I see people's, you know, complaints about it being short. It could have been longer. That a lot of the game was cutscene. You know, even if it looked really good. My biggest complaint is if you're going to talk to me, you're going to stage it as fighting monsters in Victorian era. Make me fight more monsters. There weren't enough monster fights in that game. I don't. I don't want. You know, if you have some battles against people, I understand that. You know, human versus human combat. You know, that's fine. But. Don't don't sit here and be like, yeah, you can fight Victorian like 
you know, all these monsters and then don't have any monster fights in the game. There are some, but they're few and far between. All right. The next game on the list, as I go back to it, you've already kind of brought it up, Alex, but Ratchet and Clank 2. Now, obviously, this isn't, uh, you know, a new game. Uh, the original 2016 Ratchet and Clank, which I can't get the fucking platinum on. Um, hey, Alex, don't you have that platinum? I've had it for a long time. Hey, you'll... you know what? I have that one, too. I hate you both. Uh, well, at least the two-thirds of us of this show are holding up Arnie the Bargain. Okay, but the point is, this says Ratchet and Clank 2, which I'm assuming they're referring to the reboot of the, or the remaster of the second game, but let's just keep it broad and say a new Ratchet and Clank game. Yeah, because I honestly would like to see uh, Ratchet's story arc finished. I, I, I think coming out with the Ratchet and Clank, you know, having a game based on the video game, based on the game, come out at the same time, I think that was really cool, and I really enjoyed it. But I think instead of going back and remastering all the games, I would just like to see Ratchet's story arc finished. Yeah, like I said, Ratchet's do, and people love Ratchet yes. and Clank, and it looks really good, and it would look really good on the PS5, it would. and it would run beautifully. So, make it happen, Sony. Make it happen. You know what? I'd even be happy if they remade, like, just each, like, just winter and remade all the uh, the PS2 games with updated graphics. I mean, I know they have released collections with better visuals, but, like, like the, the PS4 version, like, Re- redo everything. a kind of director's cut of the game and looks a lot better. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I would like to see a new game, but I wouldn't even be mad no. if they went back and remade up your No, I wouldn't either, and I buy it. Because we're true fan we shield. Are. Red-blooded American Ratchet and Clank fans. We are. And okay, Tricky, your turn. Uh, I'm sorry, I stepped away. My sweet Mama D came out begging me to stay up later. I know. It's master bedtime. <laughs> uh, so I didn't hear what you guys said. Uh, but yeah, I'll put my own spin on it. Yeah, I'm down for another Ratchet and Clank, whether it's a remake of the second game or a uh, finishing the story arc. Either way. I think, uh... And this this is a little DLC. It's a comment I wanted to add to our discussion about The Order 1886. I think that that game had really good base to it and really good groundwork set. So if um, Ready Dawn wanted just to get their feet wet, I think they did a great job. But I think the fran- this, this game and this IP deserves another chance to shine. Like, I think they need to go... And Sony needs to go back to it. Like, I think Heavenly Sword deserves another chance, too. Because even though Heavenly Sword has, you know, good reviews, and it's seen as a good game, there are issues that people had with it, and I think that those two games in particular are games that they could come back to and knock it out of the park with a baller sequel. Alright. Uh, next game, I think only affects me. Marvel Spider-Man 2. We know it's coming. Yeah, definitely needs to be a PlayStation 5 game. It wouldn't shock me. The amount of money and copies they sold of that game, like, it's it's a foregone conclusion. It's happening. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Fools. Because you know, to use... I mean, well, Sony has a Spider-Man license, don't they? Well, there was that whole dust-up between Marvel and, and, and... uh, Sony and Sony or Marvel not being able to use Spider-Man in the DC or the uh, MCU anymore, but I think that all got squared away. It did. But I would assume that with the contract that at some point ends, you would want to pump out, not pump out, but release quality Spider-Man games that you could make money off of, uh, well within that contract. Uh, okay. 
And the last game on the list. I have issues which I, with. Which affects all of us. Uh, Uncharted 5 slash Lost Legacy 2. Okay. So I haven't played Lost Legacy 2, but I, I trust everything Alex has said about it. Well, well, so, well, Lost Legacy well, 2 doesn't exist. I know. Sorry. Lost Legacy. So, <laughs> so Uncharted 5, absolutely not. No. Uh-uh. Forget it. Put a nail in the coffin. Lost Legacy 2, I'm okay with. You don't want an Uncharted 5. No. The story arc's done. I didn't want four. Okay. So I, I will agree with Yield on this. I thought f- that Uncharted 3 had the perfect ending, and then they came back in Uncharted 5 and closed the book four. and did that whole ring composition thing where they called back to the first game and the picture of Sully, Elena, and Nathan Drake from the first game and the music playing while you know they were, you know, uh, spoilers, but just the way they ended that game and like the theme playing that felt like the true end to the Uncharted series. So Uncharted, as far as, like, Nathan Drake, uh, uh, Nathan Drake, Sully, Elena, that needs to end. Like, that needs to to be done. Okay, so just um, just to be clear, you guys aren't against an Uncharted 5. You just don't want to see an Uncharted 5 with Nate. Well, no, if you're going to call it Uncharted... No. Okay, I don't want Uncharted 5. It's got to have a different name. It's got It can't be Uncharted. It's, it's got to, like, be a spin-off. If, if, if you're well, going to... Yeah, okay, if you're gonna what, call I'm, it what Uncharted, I'm asking is, it's something else. Well, what I'm trying to get at is, you're not against another Uncharted game. You just don't want to see another Nathan Drake Uncharted game. Yes, yes. I mean, Drake can show up. Maybe he's sitting in a bar somewhere. You're not going to play as Drake, and he's I, not. And he's not the backbone of the game. Nothing against him. That arc is done. It's been ended. And there's no reason to drum it back up. And at this point, Sullivan is an older character, and you know it, it, the first Uncharted, and you know through the series, yeah, you can believe he can get in there and mix it up. But at this point, his involvement, like it's starting to get kind of questionable. It's like, okay, look, Sully's getting a little older. Maybe it's time to retire him completely. So, like, I, I just think that that cast of characters, we had our time with them, we enjoy it, we cherish it. We can always go back and play more of the old games. And like Yield said, they can make cameos, but I think as far as main characters go, like I would like to see those characters be done. Uh, I, and if you want to focus on Chloe Frazier uh, and uh, Nadine Moss, like fine. If you want to take it forward with them, I also wouldn't hate if they, you know, did another like a Lost Legacy sequel, but called it instead of calling it Uncharted Lost Legacy, just call it the like Lost Legacy Two or something like that. Just taking the Uncharted name off of it. I know that's kind of screwing with the marketing and the branding, but but. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of just want them to move away from Uncharted and that whole main cast they have. I, I don't disagree with anything they said. Also, while I'm, you know, asking for more Ratchet and Clank games. Okay. Alright. Those are, those are kind of at odds, if you can if you can see that. No, Uncharted needs to stop, but please, more and more Ratchet and Clank. More, yes. More and more Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> All right, so that did bring us to our news. Let's get to our topic of the week. Uh, this is kind of a multi-layered uh, topic of the week, but basically, HBO is turning The Last of Us into a TV series, and it's being led by Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin. Now, I did not watch Chernobyl on HBO, but I'm hearing very good things about it. 
We watched the first episode and it didn't really didn't do it for you. It was okay. We we did not watch beyond that. All right. So uh, this article is coming from CNET.com. Uh, HBO is developing a series based on the popular post-apocalyptic video game The Last of Us. The studio and game director Naughty Dog revealed Thursday. The adaptation is being led by Craig Mazin, creator of the HBO series Chernobyl, and Neil Druckmann, the creative director of the game. Quote, Neil Druckmann is without question the finest storyteller working in the video game medium, and The Last of Us is his magnum opus. Uh, getting a chance to adapt this breath his this breathtaking work of art has been a dream of mine for years. So, uh, before I send it over to you, gentlemen, I just want to say that it is refreshing that the people that are hel- helming a project uh, actually know the source work. Yes, and are a fan of it because I think when you get some, when you get a director, and you go, "Hey, I want you to make." this story and you don't have any background on it there's so many things that could go wrong compared to if the the director or the writer hat is part of the source material i also think that the uncharted format or like the story of uncharted would fit better in a tv series as opposed to a movie where you got to stuff so much into it well speaking of which uh it was also revealed that the last of us tv show will now replace the film so there's no longer a Last of Us movie being made. They're focused instead of making a movie, they're now going to make the TV series. So... I mean, hold on. I was talking about Uncharted there. Did I read the notes wrong? No, no. You read it right, but I'm just saying because they were, they were making... An, they planned to make an Uncharted movie and they were planning to make a Last of Us movie. So instead of the Last of Us movie now, that's going to be made into the TV show. I was just trying to make the segue just... Didn't. But I was saying that Uncharted as a story would fit better in TV format. But they're still making the Uncharted movie. It's just The Last of Us is going to be a TV series and not a movie. Correct. Okay, well then, I yes, I had it mixed up. I apologize. Okay, and this, this part of the news kind of frustrates me, but not for the reasons you may think. Uh, the, the next headline also comes from IGN says... Uh, the Last of Us HBO TV series writer promises Ellie will still be gay. Yeah, I was like, what? now no, not, I don't know why that, this has to be news go. or an announcement. Thank you, Alex. That, like, that's like, why. Like, no that's one. Why when it someone me. says when it, when a a celebrity is asked, "Hey, like, if they ever say I'm straight, that's never news." So why is it news that somebody is gay? It doesn't matter. If somebody's straight, if somebody's gay, it's that's their business. It's not news because it doesn't matter anymore. See, it doesn't matter if somebody's straight or somebody's gay. Well, that's, let them be happy with their life. Well, see, like, okay. I, so I don't understand why it's such a big deal when it's like, oh my god, this character's gay. Who cares? It's the same as if a character was straight. Well, that's why I'm saying this kind of annoys me is because this is the type of news that we have to ha- report. Not report, but the kind of news we have to see. We don't have to. Well, hold, hold, we can choose not okay, to. Okay, hold on. Let me, I was correcting myself. Not that we have to report this, but the fact that news like this gets reported. If if you're telling, if, if a prior news story has told me that Neil Druckmann is a part of the TV series, I, I don't need somebody else to confirm that he's going to keep a character that he created to be gay is still going to be gay in the TV show. That I don't need. Uh, that's why I'm, That's why when I said this kind of annoys me for not for the reason you think, 
it annoys me that this is news. Kind of like Alex put it, and he's more eloquent with his words. But there's no way this needs to be a news story. Like, did any of us, when, like, I, I know you probably just heard about the TV show now, and if you didn't know about the TV show before you were hearing this, listeners, uh, you know, at any point when you heard that they're going to make a Last of Us TV show, was was there any thought to go, oh, I hope they keep Ellie gay? No. No, I, actually, when I saw this headline, I think it was Thursday, Thursday or Friday, I'm like, why is this a headline? That that That's exactly how I feel. Uh, and see, and somebody actually tweeted after he, after Craig Mason uh, said, um, somebody tweeted HBO and Craig, uh, Craig, y'all better keep the gay gal, uh, the gay gay. Please and thank you. Do not erase representation, please. Always, I'm excited for this. And then uh, Craig Mason replied, "You have my word." And then another person replied, uh, "Bag it and tag it. This tweet is now evidence." I also want to clarify because, like, Ashley's texting me from the bed as I as we're having this discussion. I, I think that she makes the point that representation in games and different mediums like TV is important. So, yes, I agree that it's great that we have, you know, gay characters or bisexual characters or transgender characters in games and TV, show, and TV shows and everything. Like, I think that's great. And I think it is important pe- for people to come out and say, I am this. If someone wants to share that with people, I think that's great. And it's powerful, and I think people deserve representation and deserve to share who they are with people. My point, and I think that you all have the same point, is that media outlets don't need to blow it up and act like these people are so different because they are gay. It's like, oh, look at these people. They're different than the norm because they're gay. I think the norm is people are gay and people are straight, and you wouldn't blow up the fact that somebody's straight or that somebody has a female has a male partner or a male has a female partner as you, like, you don't need to blow it up when someone has a male partner if they're a male or a female partner with a female partner. Yes, everyone deserves representation, but media outlets shouldn't treat those people like they're different because of their sexual orientation and shouldn't turn them into news stories because of that. That is that is my point. And, and just to add on to that, uh, and then we'll get back to the original topic of the week, um, I this is just my personal feeling, and I don't speak for Alex or Yield. Uh, I just feel like when news media outlets keep reporting this news and doing like that I think it's actually holding our society back in which we accept this because if somebody's gay, bisexual transgender, whatever the hell you know, uh, out there uh, they I'm trying to make sure I word this right because I don't want this to be misinterpreted if we want that to be the society norm we need to stop pointing it out and just let it be the norm the more you make a big deal out of something the more focus is on it and it won't become the normal because there's always going to be an outrage no matter what happens in this world whether it gets reported or not if you want it just to be the norm you have to stop pointing out every time somebody comes out gay we didn't need to know Michael Sam was the first gay uh, football player to enter the draft there were many other gay people that entered the NFL draft that they weren't out. But you made such a big deal about Michael Sam doing it. You know, we don't need to point that out. We don't need to know the first transgender athlete. We don't need to know the the first gay athlete. I get the fact that they're the first, and that's monumental, and I get that the aspect. 
But as long as we keep doing that, we're never going to move past it, and it will never just be a part of our society. I think it should be the person who trumpets themselves and says, like, oh, yes, I am this, and not the media turning it into a, look at this person, look at how different they are. Maybe that is not the intent, but it kind of feels that way. Like I said, if like it should come from the person and not the media. Agreed. I, and yeah, okay, I'll agree with that too. All right, so now let's get back to the topic of the week. Last of Us is being made into a TV series. Are we excited? Uh, yes. I'm more excited since since it was announced that Druckmann is a co-writer because now you know that it's, he's going to stay with the source material. It's not going to stray. You're not going to get the uh, open to interpretation. You know, it's, it's, it's the same reason why I'm excited for the Cowboy Bebop live action because the, the creator of that anime has a say on the TV show. So you know it's going to stay close to the source material. So that's what's got me excited. If it was just, hey, we're doing a Last of Us TV show and we're not even listening to the Naughty Dog... It would be like, ooh, okay. Then I'd be worried. All right, Alex? I just see gay relationships and um, heterosexual relationships as the, no- the same. I see them as all the norm, and I never want anyone to don't feel like they have a voice. I want everyone to have representation you know, in the media and for you know people who are of a certain group to say, you know, I, I have representation in a game. Um, I don't know. I, I we just come at it from two different stances, and I I, I just see being gay as the norm, and I, I don't think it needs to be. Call, I, I, when I my interpretation of when the media says that is when it's like this is different, this is abnormal, because they're trying to make it news. To me, it's not news because being gay is the same as being straight. I see no difference in it. So I mean, th- that's the only thing I would have to add. I, I, you know, I like. I agree that everyone should have representation and everyone should have a voice. And I, I think that there are still a lot. Like I've said before on the show, homophobia is a huge problem still in this country and around the world too. But um, yeah, I, I just don't want. I don't want to see the media like you like even announcing a celebrity as you know gay. I don't want them to see that as a news item because that person's gay. Like I, I. I I don't know. Like I, I just feel like the media uses that information in the wrong way a lot of times. And I, if someone's going to come out and they want a platform, I think I want it to be their choice and not the media pushing it so much. And I, so and I, mean, I people, agree. people may disagree with me and think I'm wrong, but I mean, I I don't know. Like I I just think that potentially we have two different views on it, two different stances on it. And I I am not gay, so like I I can I speak for the gay community on this? No, not really. It's just it's just my opinion that I see. Uh, the two is is the same, and I, I don't want to see it called out like it's abnormal because I see it as normal. And and that I mean, you you kind of like worded it better than I did, but that was kind of the point that I was trying to drive home as well. Is because I think when we have stories like this, we're still viewing it as abnormal. Where me and you and yield, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you kind of feel the same way. We view them as normal things, but as long as we keep making news posts about this. We're treating it as an abnormal thing. And that was kind of the point I was trying to get to as well. That's kind of how I look at it. So, uh, Again, you know, I didn't want to speak for you, but I kind of, I, 
kind of knew how you felt about it too. Yeah, that, that, that's well. Okay, I do want to add where Ashley, she thought that in my last when I was last talking that I made it seem like she didn't think it was the norm and she wanted to like she sees that as norm and she didn't want my words and I don't think that I tried I didn't try to do this but she didn't want me to spin her words saying it wasn't the norm okay alright so let's get back to the final thoughts of the show uh, Alex with all the conversation did you speak about whether or not you wanted the show or not or you were excited about the show I mean, I'll watch the show. I, I think both universes warrant a format that is more like TV. I think you can explore more on TV and put in more detail and more nuance than you can in a movie that has to be you know, two hours long. So I think it would work really well. Because there's more story to Uncharted thus far, I think it works better for Uncharted. But I also think you know, with The Last of Us Part Two coming out, and surely they're going to make a third one too, I would think that they can expound even more upon that world and introduce characters that maybe we didn't know before and do different story beats so that we don't always see what's coming. So I think that a, a TV series works well for this, and I do like the fact that they're going to stay true to the characters as they are in the game. Because I think that the characters should stay the same, and the representation should stay the same in the TV series. Alright, so that is going to bring us to our listeners' questions. Uh, we only have a couple. Uh, the first one... Oh, uh, there are more. Okay, so Levi Thomas says, what's your favorite Batman game and why? Mine was Arkham Knight, and mostly because of the Batmobile, which a lot of people hate it for. We all know Alex's. Batman Arkham City, but before then it was Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. All right, uh, yield. Arkham Asylum. Oh, all three games getting represented by favorites. Why? It, it was the first one, and it made it feel like I was playing the animated series. All right. Second question comes from Homer. Who is your favorite Batman, and why is it Michael Keaton? Uh, before we answer, I just want to re- uh, say, Levi Thomas replied by saying, as Daryl once said, quote, he's no George Clooney, end quote. Uh, you're entitled to your opinion, and you're wrong. It's uh, Conway. Conway? Yeah. Isn't that, how, isn't that what his last name is? Conway? There's no Conway that... Con- Kevin Conway, the guy who played in the animated... The voice of Batman Con- in the animated series? Conroy. Conroy. Okay. I, I, I can go with that, but I think live action, it was Keaton. Well, live action, yes, but he said Batman, so he yes. didn't. Spe- he didn't specify. All right, uh, I'm scrolling through here. Just like uh, when everybody I- says who's the best Joker, everybody says Mark Hamill. I think the best bat or the best Joker was uh, Nicholson. I like Nicholson's Joker. All right, Levi. Also- uh, I mean, classic Joker, yes, but I, I mean, Heath Ledger is such a good Joker. Like, I think New Age Joker, Ledger takes it by a mile. I see. I, I think Nicholson did a better Joker. I understand it's two different Jokers. I think they're two different Jokers. I think it's two different takes on the Joker character, and I think that the Heath Ledger one is more in line with a modern Batman, whereas classic Batman, yes, Jack Nicholson is the best. All right, Levi. Uh- wasn't listed, this wasn't listed in a question, but he posted this in the group. Has anyone played Days Gone? Obviously, we've spoken about that. 
Any opinions, comments, or snide remarks? He's interested now that it's hit the 20 price point. And, but soon he'll make, he'll buy either hit PlayStation Now or a PlayStation Plus free game for April or May. I can guarantee that. Uh, obviously, we spoke on Days Gone. I think it's worth the money. I thought it was worth $60. But if, if you get it for 20 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you can get it for 20 absolutely. Definitely. Uh, that's another game we haven't played. Uh, hey, Levi, I'm still waiting on your uh, your thoughts on Twisted Metal Black, sir. He, uh, hold on. We actually have an update to that. He said he was reserving his comments, but he was thinking you were wrong. Uh, let's see. Uh, I can't find the update. All right, so let's go up the show with some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. ProofGamer.com is looking for some writers, podcasters, video editors, news reports, and generalized help with some issues to apply. Go to ProofGamer.com. Go to ProofGamer.com. I'm not starting over again. Go to ProofGamer.com. <laughs> click on the Help Wanted tab and fill out the application as soon as possible. I will get back to you. While you're there, be sure to check out all the articles and the videos. Speaking of videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. You can also catch me streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proving Gamer. you want to get a hold of us, there's several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is the phone number. Yield. 330 proven 9. That's 330 776 8369. At least that's what the screen says on Tricky Share Screen. Oh, it's still up. <laughs> it's still up. Stop sharing. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, stop sharing. There it goes. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> Uh, send us an email at the Troy Royal email, the trophy yours at provinggamer.com. That's trophy yours at provinggamer.com. Once again, that's trophy yours at provinggamer.com. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter, the show at provinggamer, or uh, the show at trophy yours, the site at provinggamer. Contact me at Tricky Mitt. Contact Yield at I Yield to No One. Contact Alex at Sondra Source Rex. Uh, but I kind of pulled uh, Alex and I'd only respond on Twitter if somebody asks me. I don't really go to Twitter anymore. That's not true, because I've sent you some stuff, and I haven't heard nothing from you. Have you? I'm sure I've tagged you in some stuff. It's very possible. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts, PG Spoilers and Game Stuff. Uh, all the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No matter where you listen to us, please rate and subscribe. Uh, PlayStation 4 communities. There's one for the site called Proving Gamer. There's one for the show called Trophy Horrors. That's what, spelt with two Vs. And there's Yields Group, which nobody should care about anymore because he's, he's uh, only about four months late on the shout-outs, called the Platinum Guild. You want to respond to the the crimes you've been in charge with, Yield? No. He said no. Uh, let's get into our sponsors. Alex, tell us about Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a charity initiative that every month bundles together digital goods like books and video games, and they sell them at a reduced price via a tiered bundle. The more you pay towards the bundle, the more of the goods you'll get. So you can name your own price, but obviously it is for charity, and you get more goodies if you spend more money. So even if you shell out 20 bucks for the entire bundle, it's usually valued at over $250. So you definitely want to give as much as you can if you can. You can go to HumbleBundle.com to see what they have for on sale for this month, and you can sign up for their electronic newsletter to keep abreast of all the latest news from Humble Bundle. 
You said breast. A breast. Uh, but I don't want a breast. I want two breasts. Well, no, I'm not. No, no, don't do it. Yeah, don't touch that one. Nope, I'm taking that nope. out of the show. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. I had a good one, but nope, 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 nope. Gotta keep it PG. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, do you hear what I did there? I see what you did there. Yeah. You know what else you're gonna do? You know what else you're gonna do? Yield. Uh, you tell, you can tell us about Amazon. So, you go to provingerror.com first. You see the Amazon ad on the side of the screen. You click it. You do your shopping like you normally would. Like me, I'm going to buy this PlayStation Lite XL and put it on my mantle. And a proceeds of that will get kicked over to provinggamer.com to keep the lights on, pay for this fancy recording studio that we've got, our cushy chairs. Yeah. Alright, and we also have our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Proof of Gamer. Uh, no matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it is greatly appreciated. And also know that that is the only way that you're going to get the newest podcast, Tricky Thoughts. Which are going to start releasing uh, probably April 1st. As soon as I can nail down one more person to get a bunch of them. Uh, Sue, thank you for all that support. Let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Alex, we're going to start with you, sir. Give a shout-out to the listeners, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Whores. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for cutting out a uh, slice of your life to uh, to spend some time with us. Your time is precious, and uh, we greatly appreciate that you continue to, po- to push the podcast to newer and greater heights. Give a shout-out to Tricky and Yield for coming on the show this week and uh, doing that whole recording thing. And uh, give a shout-out to my awesome girlfriend, Ashley, who uh, doesn't like me very much right now, but... Yield, your shout-out, sir. So, I... I give a shout-out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Give a shout-out to you, all the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. And I will even give a shout-out to the haters in the group. And I'll give a shout-out to Homer Get Stuffed, because even though you are out to a blazing lead... Of five to two, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, I, I you know, I, I was kind of surprised you didn't call him out for his chumpiness of uh, barely men at sea. Well, see, now, see, I was talking to my wife about this, and he does seem to be right now be playing a lot of these smaller, quick games, uh, a, a la the Loot Brothers and the Trophy War, and he's jumping out to this big lead, and I'm not worried. Because right. just like the trophy war, they petered out at the end and we blew them out of the water. So I'm just slow and steady wins the race, man. All right, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Sweet Mama D. Give a shout out to the goddess. So if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Bye. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs> 